Voice of Fintech. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech America series. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'm the founder of Voice of Fintech podcast. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, investors and incumbents and ecosystem hub leaders from the United States or North America and LATAM. And this episode is hosted by David Jakubovic from New York. Welcome everyone back to the Voice of Fintech podcast, where we talk all things fintech innovation globally. And today we are joined with Johnny Ayers, who's the CEO and founder of Secure. They are changing the fintech innovation landscape, working with some of the biggest players. And in 2021, we know that unbanked, digital banking, and everything fintech is hot, hot, hot. So Johnny, thanks for joining us on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, David. Johnny, it's been such a pleasure to follow the progress and the results of your company. You recently raised in 2020 a massive new round of funding. You've uh, grown from chief product officer to CEO. Tell us a little bit about the change and growth uh, at your company. You know, 2020 was a, a, a crazy year for for so many people for so many reasons. You know, one of the largest changes that, that we saw at Secure was this massive acceleration of digital transformation, which you know, should have taken five to seven years. And that's what kind of the analysts were, were projecting. And we saw it all happen in about six months. And uh, across banking, lending, uh, you know, major trading applications like public stash, Robinhood, you know, we saw astronomical growth rates as folks flooded to, uh, you know, these new mobile ways of engaging with their financial life. That was kind of the, the positive side, right? It was this amazing kind of rapid growth, you know, the, the, the kind of more nefarious side of what happens when everything moves to the internet or, or mobile was, you know, we saw a, a crazy amount of stimulus fraud. Uh, we saw a wild amount of abuse related to PPP and folks creating fake accounts. You know, when unemployment rates go up to 20%, you know, algorithms have to be rewritten, retuned. Because, you know, we've never seen a vertical line growth of unemployment. And so it, it was a, a crazy year for, for a variety of reasons. Um, certainly, we feel beneficial and, and fortunate to be in the position that we're in to be able to, you know, be the identity fraud AML provider of choice for so many of the leading fintechs kind of broader financial uh, services ecosystem. It's incredible to see how 2020 became the year of digital only. And as you mentioned, that's caused the rise of public and the growth of Stash and the pre-IPO movement of Robinhood. And there's been so much growth in this community-driven approach and shared investment philosophy. And as you mentioned, that has also created um, the rise of fraud. And that takes a lot of data and a lot of tracking and a lot of excellent analysis and AML and KYC to discover how to prevent it. So um, tell us a little bit about your products that are helping to mitigate uh, fraud at some of the leading startups and enterprises. Sure. So, so we've, uh, you know, from the ground up built uh, an end-to-end predictive analytics platform for classifying identity fraud and, and classifying the ability to split whether this is David or someone pretending to be David on mobile, mobile web, or kind of native. No deep fake going on right here. No, exa- exa- exactly. Uh, and so, you know, massive team, 25% of the, our company, I think we're over 40 people now in our data science organization that are building a variety of services to be able to answer the question, 
you know, is David a real person? And is this David presenting his identity, be it his PII or his physical documents? Uh, in both cases, you know, we're able to, 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 with the highest degree of accuracy, verify that this is actually David. And so this is a, an internet agnostic problem, right? It's not unique to Fentech, but with uh, the, the massive growth of not only the, the kind of the largest of large in the Robin Hoods and Chimes, but, you know, you see Bridget uh, just raised a round of funding, right? You see Dave.com, you see Earnin, you see all of these, the, the, these kind of business models across Fentech that didn't exist 10 years ago, right? Like the technology didn't even cap- wasn't capable to do these types of kind of $250, $500 loans, right? And make it profitable. You know, all of these services need the ability to verify and originate identities in a customer-friendly way, uh, in a highly accurate way, in a, in a highly regulated way that fits the needs of their bank or their issuer. Um, and so, yeah, we feel very fortunate, kind of right, you know, right place, right time. And, you know, we just so happen to have spent the last eight years building out our services to be able to be the best uh, in, in, in the market related to identity verification and, and fraud prediction for, for so many of these, these fintechs that are, uh, uh, you know, going through exponential growth in this move to digital. And the move to digital hasn't been only in North America. We've been seeing it in Europe, Asia Pacific, South America, Africa. Uh, the unbanked and digital banking is going everywhere. A lot of the startups I know that you named are traditionally focused on the North America market. Um, why are you seeing this shift not only in North America, but global as well? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at Stripe's growth globally, you look at Nubank in Brazil, you know, you look at, at TransferWise taking over so much of like global remittance. I mean, even SoFi is buying, uh, you know, trading companies out of Hong Kong. I think that this is not a, a geographic or channel agnostic problem, uh, you know, in the world that we live in. But, you know, look, we're, we're all at home, right? Most of us are at home. The safe ones are at home. And, uh, you know, we're on our devices. We're tethered to them all, all day, every day. And so, so many of these services that were built web native or mobile native, you know, this is what they were built for. You know, they didn't expect it to go, uh, you know, this route overnight. TransferWise doesn't have banking networks, right? Like Chase does or Bank of America does. You know, there is no, there's no Chime or SoFi branch that you can walk into. Uh, and so, you know, so many of these services were really built for a purely web-based audience. And, uh, you know, the whole world has gone purely web-based in the last eight months. And so, yeah, cer- certainly a lot of us in the software and technology industry have been the, the benefactors of, you know, this type of, of, of move. And certainly you're seeing it with some of the new IPOs across uh, the fintech ecosystem, you know, with a firm, obviously Robinhood's worth 30 billion. I think Stripe's worth a hundred now. You know, I saw an article the other day that was saying Square is worth more than Goldman Sachs. Uh, so certainly you're seeing, you're seeing real value uh, being created, massive value being created from, from these uh, from these fintechs. Now let's uh, dive deeper back into technology. We're hearing all about the business models, as you've mentioned, from infrastructure to payments and platforms. But the technology that your team is working on is critical to ensuring that these platforms and infrastructure are successful. They're not going down. They're not um, having uh, money that's just being stolen. So when you talk about identity and, and fraud trends, it's all about data science and AI. And you mentioned you have this large team of 
very smart, talented, PhD level data scientists who are helping prevent fraud. Myself, as someone in the finance space, I love looking at software like Stripe and seeing about radar and their, their, their fraud technologies to realize, wait, could there be companies like Secure that are powering the fraud for these large fintechs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many problems you need to solve, right? And, and, and I think, you know, we have picked a particular problem that we know is a binary classification problem, right? It's a clustering problem. It's an entity resolution problem, right? These are these are big data challenges and and things that you know teams of mathematicians and statisticians dream about, right? It's you know we have nine billion rows of data pushed to us every every week, right? We have massive sets of information that we receive in terms of performance feedback data: who's good, who's bad, what type of bad from our customer base. And so, you know, we've developed a, a feature generation engine, right, where we're developing independent variables that positively and negatively correlate to fraud. We've built from the ground up uh, an entire ingestion engine of how we receive performance feedback, like the feedback loop from our customer. Our machine learning model building platform was developed exclusively in-house. So, you know, we use hundreds of different machine learning algorithms from, you know, your traditional logistic regression through different types of boosting algorithms, things like XG uh, boosting to really, really, really focus on how do we use all of these predictors, all of these different signals across email, device, credit header data, utility data, velocity data to verify that this is David. Uh, and so, you know, you, you we've just picked identity fraud and identity uh, classification as the classification problem that we go after. And so there's a lot of kind of underlying technology that me and our head of data science talk about all the time. Like, you know, could we apply this to lots of other binary classification problems? But, you know, today, verifying an identity on the internet is an unsolved problem and a massive, you know, vertical ag agnostic problem. And, you know, one certainly that a lot of fintechs are, uh, are quite happy that we wake up every day, you know, thinking, living, dre dreaming, how do we solve this identity verification problem for them. And now at Secure, you have multiple uh, products that are focused on this identity verification and fraud. You have your Intelligent KYC, your DocV, your Sigma Synthetic Fraud. How do all these products tie in together as a comprehensive solution for companies? Yeah, so one of the things that I think Secure did differently, there's been a lot of companies that have kind of serviced varieties, a variety of pieces in the FinTech ecosystem. There's folks that do just email, or just device, or just IP, or just credit data. And, and we actually took a, a, a much more difficult approach, which is looking at all dimensions of a consumer's identity, right? Because at the end of the day, the real David, you know, you're like, hey, I'm presenting my identity. I just want to be onboarded as fast as possible and, you know, provided the best customer experience. And for, you know, the FinTech, they want to say yes to as many good people as possible, and they want to perfectly classify all of their bad act, right? They don't care whether it's an email problem or phone problem or IP problem or device problem. And so we've actually built out every single dimension of risk across the entire identity, uh, which is hard, very, very hard, and has taken us many, many, many years. And so as we've built out every dimension, it's enabled us to build modules for email risk, for phone risk, for address, for device, for AML, for document classification. And when you package all of these together, they actually enable you in a variety of different ways, in a variety of different channels 
to verify an identity for David, right? Like if you look at, you know, Amazon, you just use an email to open an account, right? If, you know, you call into your bank and want to change your email or phone or address, you're just changing one element. So identity is a very like dynamic problem where, you know, some remittance companies don't collect social security number, right? You're buying a gift card. You can do it with very limited identity information. And so by building out all of these different services, it allows us to solve this identity problem in a lot of different fintech, you know, contexts where they may either collect different PII, they may want to verify a particular element, they may have a particular risk pattern. And so we've developed all these different services to be able to to really service fintechs in a variety of different ways across, you know, different verticals that they solve, as well as kind of different identity and risk patterns that are unique to them. Now, thinking about all these verticals, there is so much data and having hot data is the big difference between getting uh, good results and results that could be improved. Uh, John, you mentioned you're getting 9 billion rows of new data every week, and that's continuing to expand. A lot of the trends we see in the data industry are the growth of digital twins and synthetic data generation and other techniques to expand those dimensions. What are some of these challenges that you've seen about growing your data? And where have you seen some of that success from a product standpoint that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, so I think that the first piece is, you know, as a trusted partner to so many of these fintechs, right? Like fighting fraud is a, is a network problem, right? And so, so Cure has, you know, we're over 400 customers now, many, many household names that we mentioned before, right? Where we're getting a lot of feedback data. Uh, we're being told who's good, who's bad, what type of bad. And that feedback loop of known outcomes is one of the most tremendous valuable assets in, in trying to stop bad actors and trying to deliver really good, seamless user experiences uh, to our customers. Um, but data cleanliness is a huge problem. It's not very sexy to talk about. You know, but this is one of the challenges that the bureaus have is that that's how synthetic IDs have actually been created, right? And so if that's the foundation for a lot of how identity works on the internet today, there's a lot of data cleansing. And so we use a, a variety of different unsupervised machine learning techniques to be able to cluster patterns to figure out it, uh, these things anomalous. You know, the, the nice thing is, is as you use unsupervised machine learning, you can then use semi-supervised where you can start to basically look at clusters that the that the unsupervised machine uh, is pulling apart, and then you can start to apply tests against it, right, to test those clusters. And so one of the things that we do, I think that's super unique, is that as we get feedback data from our customers, we don't just check, chuck it into a sample and a model and, you know, on we go. There's a lot of analysis that takes place relative to whether a particular bank or fintech or lender is actually good at labeling. Because so much of machine learning is like a garbage in, garbage out problem. So there's a, there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of insights and intelligence related to this part of our workflow of how, you know, how much do we trust this data? As we buy data, you know, we have to clean it. Uh, we do an exhaustive amount of testing for data that we acquire. And so these are, these are the non-sexy things right? Like, you know, the, the, there's so many pieces of the pipeline to say, hey, we're really, really good at identity verification and fraud prediction. Um, and, and a lot of it starts with 
uh, you know, data cleanliness, data cleanliness, right? It's, it's a, it, there's a lot of automation that we're building. So we don't have too many PhDs in, in physics uh, cleaning up data sets, but, but this is, this is a big part of the challenge of, of how, you know, we're, we're creating really, really clean sample sets of third-party fraud, of synthetic fraud, you know, of account abuse. And, and that ability to do it over hundreds and hundreds of customers and tens or even hundreds of millions of rows of data enables us, you know, to a smaller fintech or even a larger fintech, we just have seen so much more than they've seen at this point, right? We've probably already seen their customers five, six, seven times. We've probably already seen the attacks that they've seen multiple times. And so it's it's a data, I mean, we, we are a big data company. And so th- there's, a, there's a lot of challenges. We could probably do a whole podcast for many, many hours around the different types of data challenges we have in, uh, in, in working to solve this problem. Well, let's talk about the way forward and some sexy things, right? Uh, late last year, uh, you recently announced a new round of funding by some big names, Scale VP, City Ventures, Wells Fargo, and others. Tell us how that new round of over $30 million of capital is going to enable you to continue to grow at scale. Absolutely. So yeah, we've been very fortunate to have a a tremendous group of uh, investor partners, uh, Rory O'Driscoll from Scale, Dan Rosen from Commerce, uh, both founders of their funds, uh, Rob Rukert from Sorensen that led the round, New Strategics, Wells, City, MVB Bank. So we've been, yeah, we've been very fortunate to have a, a great group of capital partners and then many, many other folks, uh, right, that we don't have time to name. But most of that capital was really used this year to start to accelerate into new verticals. Identity is, is a, a vertical ag- agnostic problem, right? We're seeing online gaming skyrocket. We're seeing e-health skyrocket. And so there's a, there's a bunch of other new verticals that we're, we're pressing into. It's also really enabled us the opportunity to continue to build out our dimensionality of risk. Put a lot of money and effort and energy this year into building a, a world-class document verification service. So as you see more and more and more applications asking for a passport or driver's license, uh, Secure is the technology behind a lot of them. And so we're, we're, we're very, very excited about that. Um, certainly as more things move native, we spent a, a lot of effort and energy building out services in our, in our iOS and Android SDKs. And, uh, you know, look, we're, you know, we're growing as our fintechs are growing, um, right? Like as they have needs, as they have wants, you know, one of the largest digital banks, we initially built our velocity service for them on a single tenant basis and are now exposing it out on a multi-tenant basis to our entire network, Um, right? We took a group of fintechs and some larger banks and collectively we built our synthetic ID service with them in partnership with them, right? Targeting specific attack vectors that they're seeing. And so, you know, we're getting to a scale where, um, you know, with these large round of funding, you know, about half of it is spent and go to market and about half of it is, you know, at the rate that we're growing, we get to continue to plow more and more and more into futuristic R&D and product and technology innovation, which is the sales is nice, but like the solving hard problems uh, is certainly uh, is certainly very, very, very fun as well and very rewarding. And also what's very fun is online gaming. I can tell you we've seen this year how DraftKings went IPO with their Spock and online gaming just continues to grow as we're a digital first 
society and and you've started to get into the online gaming as well. Why is that an important area uh, that needs uh, services that Secure provides? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think in any regulated industry, right, be it banking, issuing, trading, gaming, you know, the need to verify who you're doing business with, just not only from a fraud risk, but from an anti-money laundering risk is really important, I think, just for society. And when you think about gaming, you can move a lot of money, right, in a very short period of time. And so, you know, the regulators in gaming are, are really keen to know that this is David, right, coming in to bet, you know, play blackjack, bet on horses, you know, bet, bet, bet on the, you know, the Cowboys game on Sunday. Uh, it's, it's super vital. And, and for the operators, they want to be able to verify the largest number of good consumers, right, with the lowest amount of risk. And so similarly, similarly to what we've done across kind of the fintech ecosystem, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, all the big kind of major operators have kind of the same problem that Venmo or Stash or, uh, you know, uh, the Cash App, uh, like they kind of all have the same problem, right? Which is how do you verify, uh, you know, the totality of the U.S. adult population in a friction-free you know, consumer-friendly way that fits within the regulatory framework. And so uh, gaming fits very well in Secure's wheelhouse of, you know, high-risk, high-transaction volume, heavily regulated, you know, high-valued customers. And so, you know, gaming gaming just made a lot of sense. I think, uh, you know, when, when, when you print multiple trillions of dollars, right, uh, you know, in, in states like New York, you know, I think Governor Cuomo said the other day they have a fifteen billion dollar deficit. You're gonna see start. You're gonna see states have to find new revenue streams, and um, yeah, we we see we see gaming and online gaming just be being a a massive growth vector, just in general. Uh, but you know, in our world, as they race, you know, as operators race state by state by state to be the first in each of these states. You know, it's a it's a, a little bit of the wild, wild west. And yeah, we we feel fortunate, similar to you know how we've grown with Fentech. We're we're really excited and, and and feel fortunate to be a part of that growth going forward. And and then we also see like the move to contactless payments, right? The move away from cash. And what does that mean for actually retail casinos? And so, you know, we view a world, you walk into Nugget or MGM or the Win. You know, you take a picture of a QR code or, you know, they push you an SMS using a geofence, you know, you download and provision yourself into like the MGM wallet, you know, or whatever casino is, they verify your identity, you bind your ID to payment credentials, and, you know, you just walk around the casino playing slots, playing blackjack. And so we actually see this interesting convergence of, uh, of how identity plays in, uh, you know, in, in safe gaming both in, in digital and even in this kind of blending of mobile and uh, and retail in, uh, in casinos going forward. Now, as the former chief product officer of Secure, uh, would you tease our audience today with some of the upcoming public roadmap or future releases of your product that we should get excited about in 2021? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it, in... Uh, in, in 2021, we are going to deliver the first machine learning model that solves for the totality of verifying 100% of good IDs 
in the U.S. while perfectly classifying fraud. So we will have we will be the only service in the U.S. market to be able to verify 100% of good IDs and completely eliminate identity fraud for every new applicant on the internet. And to do that, there's a lot of underlying services. Um, but you know, we we have developed every single dimensions of I, of ID. Whether you onboard with a document or you onboard with PII, you know, Secure is going to be the first company to provide that, which is which is super exciting for me. In whatever seat I'm in, um, it's something that I'm you know I'm very 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 excited to 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 work with our team to deliver in 2021, which we expect will for the entire fintech ecosystem, you know, completely change the economics of, you know, of lost accounts, of, you know, lost customer experience, uh, of being able, uh, you know, to enable to serve 18, 20, 21 year olds, folks that are new to country, folks that are thin file. And so, yeah, we're, we're really, really excited to be the, you know, the first company to be able to, to positively verify hundred percent of good IDs and completely eliminate identity fraud for uh, for new applicants on the internet. Well, those are some exciting features that I'm looking forward to seeing this year. And, and that's a great trend to look forward to. Beyond that, I know you recently uh, wrote about some of your trends and predictions for the entire finance industry in 2021. What are some of the big trends or takeaways that you expect to uh, come to fruition this year? that we should be looking out for. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest ones is around, you know, the buy now pay later movement, certainly with Klarna and Affirm, you know, you're seeing the ability as, you know, everything moves to e-commerce is the ability to have real-time funds availability, not have to go open a credit card, but be offered, uh, you know, real-time credit, 0% APR credit uh, as you're making a purchase. Uh, so that's something that we see growing 70, 75%. It's one of the fastest growing spaces in, in, in all of uh, fintech. I think the second is, you know, continuing to see the rise of these mobile first, beautifully designed, beautiful user experience ecosystems of trading. I think you have a, a new population that is, you know, not looking to go to Schwab or E-Trade. And, uh, you know, if you've spent any time in like Publix application, there's this unbelievable ecosystem and network of individuals engaging around financial services, around the market, around financial literacy. And so it's really great to see folks like Public, folks like Stash, you know, really invest in financial literacy and bringing in this, you know, network of individuals in a way that, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, like a lot of people were left completely out of the market. And I think at least with this recession, you're seeing these uh, fintech apps really step in uh, and, and take that role, which I'm, I'm really excited by. And I think that when you look at like a Bridget or an Earnin or a Dave.com, I think this real-time micro loan is going to continue to grow. As is this trend, you know, with with Chimes Credit Builder, with Self and their Credit Builder uh, service. So I think you're going to see more and more of this kind of securitization, which enables people who have no credit or low credit to build credit for themselves. Uh, or people, I mean, I've even done it, right? You load in your your utility bill, your Spotify bill, your Netflix bill, and uh, you know, you pick up 12, 14, 16 points on your credit score. And so I think I think a, 
uh, one of the things I'm most excited about to, you know, on kind of a positive note is uh, there's just a lot of these services that are really, really good for consumers, right? There's no overdraft. There's no unreasonable fees. Um, and so there's just, a, there's just a lot of people solving a lot of really exciting problems for consumers in, in a way that is really uh, consumer friendly and, and, and a really good kind of tech enabled offering that just didn't exist, you know, even a couple of years ago. Well, Johnny, it's great to hear how financial literacy is going mainstream. It's as if junior achievement offline has gone online with all these excellent platforms we're seeing today. And the work that you're doing at Secure um, is, is fantastic here in 2021. Johnny Ayers, CEO and founder of Secure. Thanks so much for joining us on the Voice of Fintech podcast. Absolutely, David. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.